I'm Brandon Dawson, and this is The Distiller, a podcast about how we find meaningful work and how we find meaning in the work we do. My guest for this episode is artist Marc Dijon. Marc is a visual artist who specializes in building house-sized projects that you can not only get inside of and move around in and interact with, but that in a couple of cases, people actually live in. After starting two projects that were more renovation than art piece last year, Mark completed a project called The Swing House. It's a three-story red brick house that he's sort of turned into an adult playground. It's pretty amazing. We talked with Mark about his somewhat meandering path to finally being willing to call himself an artist after years in construction and renovation work. Uh, We talked about the elements that moved him away from art for a while and the specific drive, in fact, the moment that really kind of started him coming back to art. As you'll hear in our conversation, I asked Mark a number of times in a couple of different ways about his motivation or his core artistic drive. He kind of struggled to answer that question because, as is true with many of us, It's a conversation he's still having with himself. Some people seem to operate from a singular sense of drive or motivation. They're clear from the start on where they want to go and how they're going to get there. Other people find that their life's work is the pursuit of that question. And that's definitely true uh, with Mark. Mark and I sat down over a couple of drinks on a rainy Tuesday afternoon. You may even hear the thunder in the background as we talked. We talked at the Comet in Northside. It's uh, a classic Cincinnati neighborhood bar known for uh, its Tuesday night biker nights, Sunday night bluegrass with the Comet Bluegrass All-Stars. The Comet is one of those perfect places. A lot has changed about Cincinnati since I moved here 13 years ago. The Comet has remained blissfully, reassuringly the same. I spent several years, uh, a few years ago, in construction myself, so I actually really enjoyed talking with Mark about the work itself, about the physical satisfaction that comes from being exhausted at the end of a good day's work. But I also really liked the kind of meandering discussion of what it means to realize you want to have more of an impact in the world, but not be 100% clear on how or what you want to say. Mark's openness about that process and about the need to figure it out anew every day was familiar and reassuring to me. I I hope it will be so to you as well. Here it is. Here's my conversation with artist Mark DeJong on The Distiller. So, uh, Mark, you do a bunch of things, and rather than me try and encapsulate what those are, if I was to ask you, what do you do? What do you do? Um, that's a kind of a question I struggle with. <laughs> well, that's and that's why we're here. So that's okay. We got a lot of time. Um, part of it's in transition. It. So okay, um, it's really what kind of comes forth in the future might make it easier for me to define what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, my my background uh, way back, meaning college years, was fine arts. Okay, um, <clears throat> I pursued that, um, but during a whole process of me being in school, I always worked in construction, okay. worked with houses. And ultimately, after school, uh, that's where I went back to. And at some point, I left uh, art entirely and really just pursued um, the construction. Okay. And then about five, six years ago, I, I bought a house on my street where I live. And I really brought back that fine art background and okay. joined it together with um, my construction uh, that was the first of three houses, um, and right now I'm in my third house. And this this particular house is um, 
much more in the realm of the art than the construction, where the previous two houses were, I would say, more in the construction that had art elements in it. Okay. So, transition, um, yep. there's still a big question of how, how it's all going to pan out. It's, um, um, there's, there's money to be made to be able to support my, yeah. my life. So. Yep, I hear you. So, going back to the art degree, you went to DAP, which for people that don't know, I sort of feel like people outside of Cincinnati don't really even have a sense of what mm-hmm. Cincinnati is, much less some of the things that Cincinnati has to offer. DAP is the University of Cincinnati's College of Design, Architecture, Art, and Planning, which in that world, the sense that I get, I'm not a a visual artist or a fine artist, but the sense that I get is that DAP is a pretty uh, highly reputed, well-respected program that turns out some some really good folks. Yes. Yeah. What was your special specialty specialization when you were at DAP? So I was at DAP, correct. Um, I was only there for two and a half years. Okay. Um, when I was there, I did fine arts. I um, took, instead of like actually enrolling in a program, mm-hmm. I kind of made a choice after high school. I didn't want to go deep into art or mm-hmm. deep into school. Yeah. So I chose to do just classes. And right I, I played with um, a lot of the fine art classes. Took some, ultimately some courses that would work towards a degree. Yep. Um, a, th- a three-year break after those two and a half years in. Mm-hmm. Um, then I returned to school a little bit at DAP okay. um, for, I think, just a semester before I transferred to Alfred University okay. in upstate New York. Right on. So, But Cincinnati, really important school. Yeah. Uh, one of the most beautiful things about it is that they have this really practical aspect where they place students in the real world. Um, they go all over the country. And uh, I think it's a really smart, good program. Right on. Yeah. And so then you, with the sound of it, you left that all behind. You were doing construction for several years and yeah. weren't, weren't dabbling, weren't trying to balance things, were really, really focused on yeah. construction and remodeling and, and that kind of work. Is that That's right. accurate? Okay. That's right. So I got back, I would say, from, from when I got done with uh, Alfred University in 93, I got a degree. I came back to Cincinnati like many people. I, yeah. I thought I was just coming back here as a um, temporary stopover point before I kind of gathered myself and moved on. Uh-huh. Um, in the end, you know, I did move on a couple of times, but ultimately came back. Yeah. Um, when I returned, um, I did a show very shortly afterwards mm-hmm. here in Cincinnati. Um, I made a decision to go ahead and uh, try to make it in, in me working with art. Okay. Um, so I spent a couple of years um, doing uh, 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 one other big show in Portland. Um, I did um, a residency in Montauk, New York. Um, but it was uh, this realization that me working inside the studio um, and working and thinking of myself as a, an artist that works in the studio creating objects mm-hmm. just wasn't working. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like going into my studio and just like dying to be there. Right. I loved it in moments, but it wasn't consistent enough for me to just mm. say that's, that's going to work for me. What kind of work was that that you were doing in the studio? Um, I was trying to play with different materials. So I was doing soldered tin. That mm-hmm. was kind of the last thing I did, mm-hmm. um, working with metal. Um, uh, but throughout my, my experience, whether it was early on in, in uh, DAP um, or afterwards in Alfred and post-Alfred, a lot of my projects had architecture in it. Okay. So I would always kind of felt like it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, but right before I stopped, I was doing stuff with metal. Okay. Like kind of sheet metal. Right on. And I was like, I think 95, 96, 96 when I said, I'm done. <laughs> okay. And then the break was how long before you got back into it with the houses? You know, in 2012, I wouldn't say I was done back in the art at that point. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was a slow That was process. when you bought the first house? That was the first house on my street where I made a conscious decision. I saw a show down at the Weston Gallery. Okay. Um, it was related around architecture. Huh. And it, was a, it made me really think about what I was doing. And I felt like I wanted to have, um, or I should say, be part of the cultural conversation of mm. what it means to be alive today. And one of the best ways that I could do that was to make art. Yeah. And work with what I know so well, which is houses and mm-hmm. construction. So um, I don't think it was really conscious at that point. It's like, I'm going to do this. This is going to be my new path. Um, when I got done with that house, it's now what I call a circle house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a, a short break where I didn't work on another house. Um, and then I bought another home here in Northside. Mm-hmm. And that became the square house. Mm-hmm. I bought that with full intention to take it fix it up and sell it. Um, I had done that three other times just prior to me getting the, the circle house, which mm-hmm. is in Camp Washington. So I just went back to that model. Okay. Um, that circle house, I thought maybe I would sell it. And with the first renters, I gave them that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I had to kind of pull back because the new, the new model of who I am, what I'm doing, yeah. um, I, before I could fix up a place and sell it, uh, uh, once I got done with these new houses, um, they just became part of me in a way that... It, yeah, they're your work now. Yeah, they're, they're not they're just different. something that you're going to sell. They're different. So do you yeah. still owe bo- own both the circle house and the square house? Not the square house. Okay. Yeah, so the square house, I made a decision to sell, but it was kind of like um, I was still in that mode. I would say that I fix up houses, like that, that house was purposely yeah. bought with the intention to buy and sell, and so that's what I did. Okay. Um, and there was some regret, I would say. My great grace in that whole experience is that Reggie and Aaron, the, the couple that bought that place, are just amazing. Mm. And they're incredible stewards of the house, and we're, we're friends. And so I'm, I'm blessed with great stewards and, and know that the house is in great hands. So, so you know, there's that break you're doing. Uh, you're paying the bills. You're doing the remodeling and the construction work. And... When you started to get back into it, when you dipped the toe back in, what was different about the way you were going to approach it at that point versus doing the studio work and the tin work and things like that, that you said there were moments there that kind of would get into your heart, but that you didn't feel like that was where you wanted to be all the time. Was there something that was different about how you were approaching it? Was it where the culture was at and what you felt like you wanted to say at that point? I think what the the square house, because it's, with the swing house, my big project yep. that that's really and the most recent. giving me most traction and yep. has the uh, the greatest, I would say, expression of art. Mm-hmm. Um, with the square house, I was still kind of thinking along those lines of just being doing contract buyer of houses and selling mm. them. Um, so when things were different, were with the swing house. It was a okay a really conscious choice even to enter into that project i knew that um unlike 
this circle or square house where they're viable. They're viable projects right. where I could, I could buy them at a certain price, fix them up, and know I could sell them for a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, that was great. Um, with the swing house, it was, a, it was making a choice to enter into something where I knew I would not sell it. Yeah. And <clears throat> the, the layout of uh, expense on the front side to go ahead and, and put in the beams and mm-hmm. just all the work that I did to put it together, I knew there was going to be no immediate income right. source. So okay. it was a real choice difference. Like um, I was just entering into, I would say, um, a little bit of a choice of luxury. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have to support a family um, that might have made it so I couldn't do this right. project. A little bit of context for people. We've talked about the three houses and I'll describe what I what I understand them to be and you can kind of correct me. The the circle house is a livable house, like you said. The square house is a livable house, mm-hmm. basically with the circles and squares as a thematic artistic element through right. through the design of the house. Yep. But it doesn't change the function of the house. That's right. Necessarily. The right. swing house, and you can find all of these online if people Google this, you can see right. photos of them and stuff. Right. The swing house is Mark's when did you when did you finish that? When did the swing house open up? I would say kind of officially last November. Okay. So I had a round of open houses. Uh-huh. Uh, the art was done in the basement. Uh-huh. That's in there right now. Okay. Um, the house where people could stay in it maybe a year plus ago. Okay. Um, a year ago. So it's still a livable house, but it's first a work of art. And yeah. it is for yeah. people that don't know and haven't seen it. And I, like I said, you can find it all online. It's a three-story, four-story? It's a three-story. Three-story red brick house that the in, that the interior of has largely been structurally removed except for the staircases. Mm-hmm. And there is a three-story high swing. Oh, the staircase swing. is gone. Yeah, oh, is it? Oh, okay. yeah, the stairs are gone. Everything's it's, gone. It's now at the CAC. It's the, yes, where that's the staircase right. is. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, but inside of it, it's just a giant swing. It's a house-sized, mm-hmm. beautiful swing that you can go into when, yeah. it, when it's open and experience a house in a, in a whole yes. new way. And I would encourage yeah. people... We'll put links on the website and all of that to, to photos. And if people here in Cincinnati, right. they can... Uh, sure. Check it out and go visit it when it's open. But just a little bit of that context yeah. for people. So it is, uh, you said there's still inhabitable space yes. in there. So the big difference there, like you said, the circle and uh, square, circle and, yeah, square house, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they they still function completely as livable houses mm-hmm. where I would say the art doesn't interfere mm-hmm. um, with the living, where the program at the swing house, uh, all the choices are made based on the arc of the swing Okay. So wherever, whatever cleared, in essence, right. the arc of the swing is where p- things were placed. Okay. So the kitchen, it's placed in the front of the house. Um, somebody working at the sink um, could, in theory, work there making dinner. While somebody's um, still while swinging. While swinging overhead. Oh, wow. And the bed, which is closer to the center, mm-hmm. um, again, it's just clearing your feet barely. Um, somebody could be sleeping in bed. Right. and be un- un- uninterrupted by somebody swinging. And I mentioned this uh, earlier. I don't know how long. There's currently an exhibit of your work at the Contemporary Art Center in Cincinnati, yeah. which is sort of an exhibit around, obviously you can't fit the swing house in the CAC, but it's the, the right. original staircase has been deconstructed and reconstructed on its side mm-hmm. inside right. the CAC. And there's video of it. So if people are in Cincinnati or coming through town, uh, do you know how long that exhibit runs at the CAC? It runs till September 2nd. Okay. So plenty yeah. of time through the summer yes. for people so to nice, go check all of that out. Decently length show. Yep. Decently length show. Yep. So 
in that transition, you are still are you still doing construction work now, or are you fully out of that and doing <clears throat> artwork? I'm doing it for a few friends that help me um, with certain projects, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of returning a favor. Some of them years later, yeah. um, when I was in the swing house process, I did not take any jobs. Okay. So in these, there's no paying jobs per se at this point. Um, yeah. And you, you've transitioned fully into that. How has your perception of sort of like who you are and what you do, I mean, that's a, that's a big shift, I would imagine, with a hundred little decisions or not so little decisions all the way. Like, has it changed who you are as a person? Do you feel... Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think you're always kind of the same. Um, I still have this uh, kind of the same amount of frustrations that are just different. Um, I have the, maybe the same amount of highs or mm-hmm. just different or lows. Um, I would say I'm kind of the same. Um, yeah. Is the, um, you know, uh, the way that you described the work in the studio that you felt like there were moments there where you really wanted to be there, but, but there were other times where you didn't. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your artistic vision and what you're honing in now is really where you found like the passion that makes you want to yes. work on this? Yeah, stuff? and it's interesting because I'm, I'm still kind of navigating that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I realized, there's a lot of art that I made, a lot of studio-based art that I made for the contemporary art center show Mm -hmm. um i'm having asked my question asked myself the question whether i'd make that art if given just free time Mm. like just to be able to make art would i do that and i'm really learning the answer is no Mm -hmm. um that work really comes out of a house project um and that's where it kind of sits um so i like the next project that i do when i have one a new one coming up um, I'm not really sure the amount of art that will come out of it. Mm-hmm. I do know of just two pieces that are coming out of it. Unlike the swing house, which had a lot of work, mm-hmm. um, the next one might have very little work, um, which is kind of cool. I mean, I, I guess like that studio part, it's, it makes sense to me only in context. Mm-hmm. Like having, uh, having the show at the CAC um, or having the basement where I knew that I had a gallery in the, right. swing, in the swing house itself. I knew I wanted to make work that lived in those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I would say, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I've kind of found myself in a different way um, here at, at this juncture where um, I know the houses are the impetus for any art I make, mm-hmm. and they're, the, they're really... Um, they are to piece art at this point with the mm-hmm. swing house and, and ultimately the stair house, my next project. So the stair house is the name of the next project. Yep. Do you, do you want to share anything about that? Sure. Sort of? Sure. If it all works out right and everything proceeds as, as I plan and, and envision, uh, the swing house and stair house are neighbors. They're right next to each mm, other. Cool. Um, and the stair house will be a study in similarities and contrast to the swing house. So it will be opened up. Um, it's brick as well as the swing, like the swing house. Um, it'll be opened up three stories, about 32, three feet inside. Mm-hmm. There'll be a steel structure to help support it. Um, but the house houses themselves are quite different. And what I do with it will be quite different. How I treat the walls, how I treat the living space. Um, 
and ultimately front and center mm-hmm. are the stairs. Okay. Uh, what was so beautiful, what a great gesture uh, that existed in the swing house and what exists at the CAC um, were those stairs. And it makes sense with this new house that those stay behind. Cool. And it's not something that you've started yet? You're sort of in the planning stages um, Yeah, just, I would say more planning at this point. I'm trying to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important for you to take breaks. Um, I've never had a project like the Swing House where um, I, when I work on a project, it's, I'm all in. I don't really travel. Mm-hmm. I, I, will, I will do social engagements, but um, it's almost like... Uh, if I had my druthers, I would just yeah. be working on the project. Focused on it. So it, it's, it's intense. It's like, and because of the show, it was three and a half years that I was just right. fully focused. Yeah. So I kind of, I'm excited, but also kind of know I have to pace myself. So practically in that time, how are you, you know, you still have bills to pay. I mean, are you are you operating on like a patronage model? Is this something that like you've set up over years, like you've saved up to do, or do you have people supporting mm. that work? Like, how are you still? How are you making that transition from the construction right. work being how you pay the bills and eat to to doing the art? Right. Um, yeah. So that's that is a big question. I yeah. think a lot of people do ask that question of me. Um, I did a well. Um, uh, with my business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also Dutch, proudly Dutch in that I'm very frugal. Mm-hmm. Um, so my needs are very kind of small. Okay. Um, so uh, it, was, it was easy enough for me to save up uh, money enough to do this project. Right on. Um, that said, it only can go so far. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out that next step. So patronage, patronage or uh, grants or mm-hmm. something Along those lines will be necessary for me to kind of keep on doing keep what I'm going. Keep on. Cool. Yeah, well, the, I mean, you know, the swing house has gotten a lot of press and and some good publicity, so hopefully it helps with that. Yeah. You uh, you mentioned that the kind of that driving force of getting you back after the break into the art was that you had gone to an exhibit exhibit at the Meyerson Gallery. Is West, that uh, Western Gallery? Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, and that specifically, if I recall the words you said you know, that you wanted to be a voice in the world or that you wanted yeah. to have something to say. Say, that's right. Talk about that. Like, what, um, what, what is it you wanted to say? What, where did the impulse come from? If you remember back to that, like, what did you, what impact did you want to have? And how do you feel that yeah. the Swing House and the work that you're doing now, what are you saying? Like, what's the impetus there in terms of the creative I message? don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I kind of know what I'm saying. And I can put words to it a bit, but... Um, what I just recognized more than anything else is that I had a, had a skill, mm-hmm. you know, and you just kind of have to go with what, what feels really natural. Um, and I knew that I had a language with fine arts and house construction or housecraft, mm-hmm. as I call it. So I had an interest in, in architecture, housecraft, and art. And so that I... I felt like I, that, that's something that, you know, in any one of those fields, I feel like there are people that are much better than I am. Um, there are carpenters, craftspeople that are just much more skilled than I am or artists as individuals I'm completely in awe of or architects that just blow me away. Mm-hmm. But I have all, I would say, uh, all those three um, 
they're they're greater than their sum. Like the Venn diagram, like yeah. that center point is your yeah. So their area. So yeah, a conden- condensate or condensing of those three points, mm-hmm. I it gives me a strength in a way that I haven't seen, uh, uh, in a way that, um, or at least in a way that I felt like I can say something. Yeah. yeah. What so. is that word housecraft that you use? What does that mean to you specifically? Um, it's it's um like really anybody that's in the trades with residential construction, in particular residential, that's where I find my, um, I would say my heart, mm-hmm. is residential construction. It's anybody that's really a master at what they do. So it's yeah. whether it's, I'm trying to think like a person that makes boats, I can't remember the name of their, you know, the master of whatever trade it is. So yeah, housecraft yeah. is a very general word kind of encompassing anybody that's in the, in the craft world around making houses and our mm-hmm. masters. That's that's yeah. that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, I um, I for several years, in between different stints, I worked as a framer and a, and a finished carpenter. Oh, right on. And uh, I worked for a guy out in Idaho for a little while who was the master. Is what you're what you're describing, a little guy yeah. named Tom Curiel, who yeah. there was nothing he couldn't do. Uh, yeah, you know, we it. jacked up hundred year old churches and excavated basements yeah. under them and. And he probably loved it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he was great. Yeah. And it was that, um, you know, he would stand back and he always had a stub of a cigar yeah. in his teeth. And he would just love to stand back and chew on that unlit cigar and try to figure out the the puzzle right. of what nice. we were going to do. The guy taught me more than I learned, you know, almost, almost yeah. anywhere else in terms of just taking something and the craft of, you know. And, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, chopping wood and carrying water there's a lot of stuff that just right. has to be done right but there's a there's a there's a place in every one of mm-hmm. those where you get to make a decision that somebody else might make a different decision mm-hmm. and yep. i loved watching him do those things watching him make those yeah, decisions great. do you like when you were doing the construction stuff did you think how much did you think about like mastery and craft and and because sometimes that's a little bit of a luxury sometimes it is mm-hmm. just i gotta cut the board i gotta swing the hammer like was that going into your thinking back then or was the mm-hmm. lack of it sort of what got you out of it um let's see so i think i have something that i always call a uh, grace as a trait, which is I can do mundane tasks mm-hmm. uh, for prolonged periods, mm-hmm. um, try to find the Zen moment within it. Yeah. So I was given kind of blessed with being able to do boring tasks, which is really important, which can be uh, a, a very much an asset. Yeah. And, and like you said, carrying buckets of water, cutting the wood, whatever. Let's see. What else I want to say about that? Ask me a question again. Or well, just just when you were doing that, when yeah. it wasn't fulfilling mm-hmm. the creative side of you, how much attention were you uh, paying to that craftsmanship yes. and mastery side yes. of it? Yes. So, <clears throat> so I I was uh, also experiencing, I would say, a little bit of ADD uh, at mm-hmm. another side where yeah. I uh, I would learn a craft and I would take on a more challenging craft. Initially, I started with house painting, mm-hmm. then plaster wall restoration ultimately carpentry, and then what really my, where I really spent a lot of time as a, a subcontractor was uh, having a business where I did natural wood um, finishes, right on. whether restorative or new. Yep. And in a and city like Cincinnati, I gotta imagine there's a ton yeah, of that work. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. for sure. And I think so, I, uh, I would, 
I would learn things pretty darn well, but mm. once I learned them pretty well, that's where I, I leave You'd to. There's been, yes, I, yeah. I would move on. So, yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. I can kind of do anything. Mm -hmm. um, I can do it pretty well. Yeah. Um, but I, I've seen people in any one of those trades that are way beyond me. Right. So, and what I put together, like a place like Swing House, it's great. It's wonderful. But yeah, there's people that can do any one of those trades better than I can. For right, sure. right. Yeah, that's really, I mean, that sounds familiar to me. I have, uh, I, I've sometimes described like the number of things that I've done over the course of my professional life to people. And, and they'll say something and be like, no, it's not, it's just lack of attention. It's just, <laughs> a, it's a short attention span is all yeah. that is, is I got, I got two years yeah. on, on any enterprise and yeah. then I'm like moving on to it. Yeah. But Different, yeah. getting in there and finding the thing, it's why I'm doing this is yeah. because getting in and finding yeah. the thing that is the mm -hmm. neat thing about it. Yeah. Whether it's framing and carpentry right. or, or, you know, any number of other things is what I enjoy about it. But I feel like once I've unlocked the puzzle, then I need a new, yeah. a new puzzle to unlock. Yeah. And I, but like, like talking earlier, yeah, I'm like, got my passion right now, but I got no idea where it's going to go. Right. Like what happens to Swing House or the Stair House, it might morph into something completely different because it's maybe I'm a little restless at that point. I've kind of done it. And I want that model to change yep. by that. So on these houses, are you doing all the work? Are you bringing people in? Uh, I might bring people in. So like the Circle House and Square House were very conventional, and I brought in a lot of subcontractors. I had painters, plumbers, electricians, um, lots of people. Okay. Um, the projects would proceed on at a very, um, I would say, not aggressive but logical pace. Mm -hmm. Six months, eight months to totally redo a place. Um, with the swing house, it was three years, mm -hmm. um, which is six times, seven times the amount of time, eight you know, times or whatever. So it was yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot it's longer. A big commitment. Big commitment. Time and energy. A lot of, uh, I, had to, I had to kind of go through it kind of slowly just to kind of feel what I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of decisions were made in the moment. Um, the, the simple program of me doing what I did uh, was all about the swing and that never changed. Mm. Um, nothing changed in that arena. The only thing that really changed is all the decisions around it. Right. So, do you remember when the first genesis of the swing house idea came to you? Oh yeah. What can you talk about that? What sure. Was yeah, it was uh, back when I was at DAP. Okay. So this is uh, shortly after uh, I started there, and probably '87 or so, um, mm -hmm. biking around downtown um, with with um, my mountain bike. I would spend time just in OTR. Mm -hmm. um, I would go into these old abandoned buildings and the textures of the walls and the stories they kind of told completely seduced me. I just loved it. And um, at that point, um, I don't know what the, I can't say it was an exact moment, but mm -hmm. that story of me and the swing house and, you know, as I started talking about it a few years back, um, friends from that period that I was reaching out to were like, what? <laughs> you're doing that project? <laughs> that thing you talked yeah. about all those years ago? <laughs> yeah. You're doing the swing house? <laughs> oh, so cool. it's kind of re coming back. So it's been 30 years of, of, of an idea. Um, yeah. And I live across the street from the house. Um, it was a house that was perfect in terms of size, shape, mm. and uh, the state it was in, it would have been tore down by the city. Okay. So I, I kind of felt like I had to do it, um, which is kind of cool because it's, it's, I probably wouldn't have done it mm -hmm. only because it's so darn intimidating. Yeah. You know, getting 
getting in there for the first, you know, act and being able to follow through. What state was it in when you first walked into that place? Um, it was in bad shape. It had been, uh, I... Was it officially condemned? Was it... Not official, but the city had put boards up in it. When they condemn it, it's a very particular process. Right. Um, but they had put boards over the empty windows. Yep. Um, All the warnings on it. Yeah, yeah keep yeah. out. Yep. Um, <clears throat> uh, the man that lived there um, and ultimately uh, died just a year and a half ago, uh, his wife uh, passed away um, while they were living together unexpectedly. Mm. And it flipped his life upside down. Mm -hmm. This is a man who was a gentle person. And I knew him, you know, living, living on a street. And we collectively, as a neighborhood, saw his life fall apart. Mm. And he got into the wrong world or right, wrong side of tracks. Um, created habits, developed habits mm -hmm. where he had to feed the habits. Yeah. Um, it was right during that time after the recession where uh, scrap prices are really high mm -hmm. and that became a real avenue uh, for being able to feed a habit. So collecting scrap metal. Yeah. And well, from the house he lived in. So, Oh, right. Right. Yeah, so okay. he really gutted the house. He ripped oh, out the man. heating system, all electrical work. Yeah. He even scrapped out the aluminum windows. That's so, crazy. I mean, for uh, like, it's a thing in Cincinnati is that because there has been so much empty or abandoned housing stock, like people will go out and rip out the copper and rip out the right. radiators and, mm -hmm. and sell them for scrap metal. I know the prices right. have dropped a little bit, but I'd never, right. I never sort of heard of a story of people, somebody doing that yeah. for their own house to, to feed their yeah. habits. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was quite painful. a metaphor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually say it's a, the house was cannibalized by yeah. the man. It's more like he cannibalized his life. Yeah. The house was part of that cannibalization process wow did that um did that factor into the decisions you made when you were doing the house i mean it seems like it'd be easy if you're the kind of person who who entertains these ideas to sort of see the ghosts of that house living on and what you what you created in the swing house well yeah um you know that story is always with me he was actually still in the neighborhood mm -hmm. when i started it was a lawsuit that the city kind of offers as a way to be able to kind of strip the title. Yeah. Um, so he was still in a neighborhood where I had to go through that process. So that was a journey I had to navigate. Mm -hmm. um, I reveal the history of past tenants. And I, it really, that story, that personal story, isn't expressed in the walls. Mm -hmm. Like when you walk in the space, it's not there. It's not important. Yeah. It wasn't really the story I wanted to tell. Okay. It was about past lives. That's, mm -hmm. that's the story I want to tell. So whether it's me revealing the original craftsman's work mm -hmm. or um, all the choices that were made with the, with sequential um, tenants of the house, yep. all the color choices they made, modification choices, yeah. those were the things I wanted to really reveal and, and speak. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not so much the, personal story as much as the choices they made because i think the choices are kind of representations yeah. of of lives if you will yeah. they're manifestations physical manifestations of humans right so are you do you feel like there are questions you're you're consistently coming at in the work that you do questions that you're trying to answer for yourself or uh yeah well one of the biggest is just how do i fit into this to the art world mm. or you know, I'm straddling, I would say, a, a, a bridge 
uh, between art and construction and architecture. Mm -hmm. um, I feel comfortable and confident that, you know, of those three I described, architecture, housecraft, art, art uh, I'm most closely as associated and akin with art. Mm -hmm. um, but it's such a different model. It's not a model that um, is easily transferable into a museum setting. Yeah. It happened with the CAC, um, which, which felt great. Mm -hmm. um, and it really, I would say, made me really think about what I made and did. Um, but it's, it's definitely something I, re I wrestle with is, yeah. what do I fit in? You know, what do I fit in? Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not really quite sure. So Is it, I mean, is it a question that you feel like is getting any answers? You know, does... Um, um, yeah, I mean, part of it, the CAC would be an affirmation right. for sure. Yeah, right. Having some Absolutely. success on some level yeah. sort of lets you, yeah. gives a validation yeah. there. Yeah. 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 And then... And if it happened again, if I had another show, right. I think that would be probably the ultimate validation outside of the city. Yeah. That would be, yeah, really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting. Do you, do you feel any, I, that idea of sort of like the cross-section between craft, what you described as house craft, all the elements that go mm -hmm. into that, and the transition of those it seems to me like the housecraft idea of it would never go away because that is the skill that you bring to art. Do you feel like mm -hmm. you're still honing that housecraft idea or does it feel like you kind of you kind of gathered up a bunch of skills and now you're um, giving those out? Yeah, I gather them up, gather, gather them up and um yes, I don't think I'm I would say that's not my focus is, is trying to hone those skills and make them better. Mm -hmm. um, if I could do my next project where I'm not that involved, like the swing house, I really did so much of the craft. Mm -hmm. um, um, this next project, I would love it to be in a place where I let other people do it. Right. Um, as much as possible, ultimately, because that's kind of where I have to go, you know, as I get older. Um, mm -hmm. And it's also... Um, for me to continue doing it. If I want to do another house, I can't be doing what I'm doing right now. Or can't be doing every three. single. Yeah, because even though the work was three years, mm -hmm. three and a half years, I need breaks, you know, one or two year breaks. Yeah. Yeah. What happens in those in those breaks for you? Um, I go crazy to start working on another <laughs> project. You get to where the energy <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I gets mean, itself I, going? Yeah, yeah, I go... Uh, I mean, it's hard for me to kind of just be, um, sometimes I, I've, in the past I've done client work. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I do have properties um, that I rent out and maintain. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I have to do maintenance on those properties. So okay. it's a good time really for me to kind of collect those projects mm -hmm. that need to get done and focus on those. So a lot, a lot of times roof work, attention, right. yeah. It it seems to me like maybe Cincinnati is one of the few places in the United States where an artist like you could do what you're doing because there mm -hmm. is that sort of historical yeah, for sure. housing stock that exists here that can be worked with and molded. You can't do that in a younger city. You can't do that in a city mm -hmm. where the housing stock is too expensive to do what you're doing exactly. with it. Yep. The, yep. Do you have your sights on other other neighborhoods or stories that you want to tell that way? Uh, not present. Not 
At this point, I feel like uh, Camp Washington really offers a lot of the, of the architecture I like, particularly in my street. I'll be busy with that, of course. I've got uh, the next house, but also another one beyond it that I'll do. Mm -hmm. um, um, but they could happen in other neighborhoods. Um, I'm just busy, <laughs> busy where I'm at. Yeah, so. yeah. What do you think about um, kind of on the meta level, like the culture of work? You've gone through this process where you've sort of, uh, it sounds like if I'm not mischaracterizing it, like you've, you've meandered a bit. You started out in one area, you went to another mm -hmm. area, some of that. If I, if I pick up what you're saying right, was out of necessity and out of a lack of maybe clarity about what you wanted to do. And here you've, you've really honed in on something that you want to do, but mm -hmm. our, the American culture around work often doesn't afford people the ability to do that, either to meander for a while or to hone in on what their particular vision is unless they're willing to do something really outside the norm mm -hmm. to do it. Um, and so you get validation, right? Either through grants or often if you can make money yeah, somehow. Yeah. So, right. and they're quite elusive those two for a lot of artists. Yeah, yeah. There's not like a historical patronage model. Right. There's some, especially for web vehicles. Uh, there's a lot of that coming around where people can do something via like an online subscription model for mm -hmm. art that can be consumed that way. But something that you're doing that requires a physical space and a physical mm -hmm. encounter with it mm -hmm. is a harder yeah. thing to get people from all over the world to give you 10 bucks a piece, yeah. Yeah. you know, to do. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I do my open houses um, and I love that it's free. I mean, I've, I feel like it, it's of Cincinnati. It's a Cincinnati story mm -hmm. to some degree. Um, I want it to be embraced by the city. Um, and I, I love that it's free. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Are you at a point in the work that you're doing where you're sort of thinking of, um, I mean, you obviously have a, have a signature thing that your last three works have been that the house mm -hmm. and housecraft and how it relates to this is your model. Is there a consistent story that you see that you want to tell over the life of however long that you're, that you're doing this? I mean, you talked about the story of like the inhabitants and the mm -hmm. historical story of the space, which mm -hmm. is, is wonderful. Like, that honestly, you know, there's that old saying, if these walls could talk, right. and it's like you are giving right. voice to them to be able to do that. But then right. there's also the thing that you're saying right. through bringing all these voices out. Um, and it's not, you know, you said you're, you're, you're figuring it out as you mm -hmm. go still, which is yeah. great. But like, what do, you, what do you think that story is? What do you think 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you're going to look back and sort of see as the cohesive thread Mm -hmm. in the work that you're doing or what do you want it to be if it's not really developed yet yeah i would say it's going back to i don't really know mm -hmm. you know um i think it's a metaphor the way i work with my houses or that process that i've developed it um where i've i've gone from being a house painter to doing carpentry to having my own business and slowly stepping into the well, buying houses selling them then slowly step, stepping into um uh, making them art pieces. I don't know. I like. I don't know what the story is. <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel like you have to kind of trust the process. Mm -hmm. That's what I always go back to. Like, I was not with a lot of confidence when I started out, and I had to kind of stop at a, start at a really basic level. But once I got my footing, I would say, then doors opened, and and I just kind of went wherever doors opened. 
wherever they took me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like that's where I'm at right now. So I don't know what I'm going to say in the end. Or, you know, and probably the best way to say it, it's just a metaphor for living a life that's just kind of opening doors and kind of going what feels like a natural place to go. I always will have an umbrella of um, the houses as kind of related to kind of a personal autobiographical story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I see houses and the way they can tell stories. I see them also as metaphors for us as individuals that can tell stories. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. I just kind of feel like yeah. um, I'm trying to navigate. I wish, I wish in some ways I knew clearly where I was going because I probably wouldn't feel the frustrations I feel right now. Um, as I have to kind of sit quietly, yeah. having my break and kind of consider my next step. What are those frustrations? Finding my place, like yeah. understanding where I fit. Still doing that in, yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of being being still with myself and being comfortable with that stillness, which I exercise. You know, there are days that I call are very soft, um, where things don't happen, mm-hmm. where I might have ideas that. Of doing something and, and it doesn't go that way and I just have to kind of accept it um, which is also the process in building a house always have these expectations and are, they are met and you have to kind of navigate that so right right yeah is it um, I think it's easy at all levels to look at anybody who's at a different level and think they've achieved something yeah. like it's easy I could imagine it would be easy for somebody who's just a couple of years behind you in their process or still in mm-hmm. college or still in high school and trying mm-hmm. to figure this out to say, well, he's, he's done these things. These are big things, three houses. He's got this piece in the CAC. Obviously he's secure in himself and what he's doing. And part of what you're telling me is that's, that's not the not case. I mean, there are there even, are there days for you now mm-hmm. where you're still wrestling with, is this the thing or. Yeah. I'm you, saying sometimes I think I'm going to, you know, I wouldn't say get stop the art process, but just step back. Yeah, kind of go step back and don't do the big art house projects. They're just mm. too, too um, exhausting in a way. Yeah, um, uh, they're great. Part of me wants to go back to the more simple model of just buying a house, fixing it up, putting some art elements in it, and the thing you've it. done before, the yeah, thing you know you can do, and it's a safe place. Yeah. I, I, w- I right. probably won't go back there. But it's it's I've been in this place before, yeah. um, where I'm, you know, when I was doing that model, I was like, forget this, I'm gonna go back to my client work, right? You know, and so and it's I don't know, that's where you're you're always up against that edge of being in the present, but the future is still I'm totally open and un, I would say uncertain of where it's gonna yeah. go, but yeah. but always open, always like try to leave myself open to whatever opportunity, yeah, kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean that's kind of why. I, why I ask yeah. is because that's coming through. I think it's important sometimes for people to hear that even with nope. the success that you've achieved. don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, everybody's, everybody's figuring it. it out. You know, the, the, there have been people on this show that I've talked to who've had uh, the most linear, straightforward paths who when you talk to them say, you know, yeah, I think about quitting every day or I think yeah. about doing something else every day. Yeah. And... Uh, I think if I'm if I'm learning anything in the conversations that I'm having with people, it's that nobody's got it figured out. Yeah, and you figure it out every day. You do. Yeah. What, when would you say in your process that you are um, 
if I can put it this way, the most settled. Because your process yeah, involves absolutely. like years of planning and then years of execution <laughs> and then that and then also like the yeah. the press and all of that stuff and the and the the promotion of what you're doing yeah. and hopefully a good solid period of enjoyment of the enjoyment that other people are getting out of it like the mm -hmm. satisfaction of a job well done where in all of that are you most yourself and if and and the happiest with what you're doing uh when, when i'm working i mean simply mm. there's no i always say there's there's i know <laughs> no um disrespect to my friends family and things i do but there's something that's so deeply satisfying mm. in, in terms of uh, feeling settled with myself when I have a good day at work. Mm. Um, what is, specifically, what does a good day at work mean for you? Um, and I mean, get as granular as you want. It can be as, as mundane as carrying buckets and seeing change happen, mm -hmm. um, being physical. It can be um, making some key decisions mm -hmm. uh, that moves my my work for in a different direction, which opens up some clarity around some problems I was having. Mm -hmm. um, but often it's physical, physical work, exertion, you know, mm -hmm. just, just being physical and kind of, yeah, it's just, it's just a different, it's not comparable to other, I would say, highs that can happen from social or dancing. Dancing is a whole, its own whole different thing, um, which, which I did um, a lot of, but, and it has its own amazing, wonderful uh -huh. journey. But, um, but, but doing that physical work, just having that at the end of the day, um, looking back and just knowing that it was a great day. Yeah. There's no, no better feeling. Yep. Feeling it in your, in your body, knowing mm -hmm. that, you, that you did something, that you made yeah. some progress. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Everything's, yeah. A micro, it's very like, in the moment, in many ways. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I feel like over the course of my life, I go back and forth between the things that give me sort of intellectual stimulation and mm -hmm. that feeling of, of, uh, of having tackled a problem or having thought about something in a new way and then wanting something that gives me more of that physical sense mm -hmm. of, yes, I have put my body, I've done things with my hands that resulted in a physical change yeah. in the environment today. Yeah. You know, and that's a, that's a great feeling too. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely get that. Yeah. Well, uh, so you're in the process, you're in the planning process for the stair house mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Have you purchased the house? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. I, the, the, one of the main pieces at the show at the Contemporary Arts Center mm -hmm. is um, circles I extracted from the stair house. Okay, great. And so, when do you think you'll actually start sort of whatever, whatever constitutes full progress, moving forward construction? I got no idea. And okay. I think that's a little bit hard. I've got a lot of things I have to kind of get done mm -hmm. uh, prior to that. Some of that relates to, I would say, my online presence, mm -hmm. doing website development, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I've been ignoring that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very cognizant that that needs to get attention right now. Um, funding, trying to understand if there's a possibility to actually yep. um, get some funding for it. Cool. Those are two of the two of the things that are um, in yeah. front of it. Uh, really, the idea of what has to happen—it's done. I mean, it's it's You're unlike unlike the swing house. Mm -hmm. uh, this one's almost fully baked. Cool. I kind of know exactly what needs to happen. Are you getting better at this as you go? 
at this particular uh, thing you do? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's different. Like you know, the swing house. It it was such a big, big project, and I had to be intimate with it. I just had mm-hmm. to be. And it's also a very autobiographical, like I said, so kind of a self-portrait of sorts. Yeah. Um, but it would. It's given me, I would say a lot of the tools for me to feel confident to start this next project, kind of know what I have to do. Right. And um, would love to kind of just get bodies on it. Yeah. yeah. Get started. Get yeah. that feeling back in your body yeah. of those days of work. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. And then be part of it still. You know, I, mean, I would still be physical. I'd still be part of it. Um, but, but again, it's just like, this is what kind of makes sense. I'm going to try to make what makes sense happen. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't happen... Ooh, I have to, <laughs> to kind of ask some, you know, tough questions at that point. There comes that puzzle again. Yeah. 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 Where I have to kind of like back off and, and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Where things could change and just become different than what they are. But that's great. I mean, it seems like that's the, that's the difference between doing the thing and not doing the thing. Mm-hmm. It's taking another step. It's taking, yeah. you know, moving one step forward and seeing if you can, if you can do it this time, if you can put yeah. it together and it, it seems like that's what you're figuring out about yourself is that's where you need to be well thanks for thanks for talking us through it thanks for oh, talking yeah. about your work and we will be watching to see what uh what happens with the uh the stair yeah. house well thanks it was great sitting down having a drink this My afternoon with the rain out there I it's a beautiful like day crawl in bed or something <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? well thank cheers. you cheers it's a yep. pleasure thanks This episode of The Distiller was recorded live at The Common, located at 4579 Hamilton Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio's Northside neighborhood. The Comet is Northside's living room because, as the owner, Dave Cunningham, said, someone turns 21 every day. Our sincere thanks to Dave, to Sandy, and to the staff of The Comet for hosting us for this episode and welcoming us in on this rainy Tuesday. Please do visit uh, our website at thedistillerpodcast.com where we have links to The Comet's website. You can see their calendar events, learn more about the place, and uh, we also link to their uh, Facebook page as well, so check it out. Thanks again so much to artist Mark DeJong for joining us on this episode. You can find links to Mark's projects, including the Circle House and the Square House, as well as some links to the press coverage about the Swing House and some of Mark's other work on our website as well at thedistillerpodcast.com. Please do check it out. It's not the same as walking through one of his physical locations, but it's a great way to see the scope of his projects if you can't step into one here in Cincinnati. And by all means, if you live in Cincinnati, please do go and check it out. The Swing House is in Camp Washington. The Distiller is produced, recorded, and hosted by me, Brandon Dawson, with co-production and booking from Terry Heist. Our show is mixed and edited by Justin Golden. Our logo was designed by Scott Ryan. And our videos are by Mike Helm of Minute Moments Pictures. You can find The Distiller wherever you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and on our YouTube channel, where we have closed-captioned versions of our audio podcasts for the hearing impaired. Wherever you listen, please do subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. And also, please rate or review The Distiller on whatever platform you listen on. Ratings are gold for a show like ours, so uh, we would appreciate it if you take the time. As always, you can download episodes, find information including links, photos of the guests, and a map of all the places we have recorded The Distiller. And get in touch with us all at thedistillerpodcast.com or by email, mail at thedistillerpodcast.com. You can write us to suggest people you think should be on the show to talk about their search for meaningful work, somewhere interesting we should record the show, or something interesting we should drink while doing it. 
And whether you do so by email, on the website, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, we always love to hear from you. So until next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.